0: Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this moment, for this day. Allow your word to go forth that your people might be encouraged. We pray for those that could not be here, Lord. Be with them as Pastor Kay has led us in seeking your presence for their sake. We also ask God for an extra measure of your focus, that in the midst of beautiful voices, children, children, Uh, sleeping, crying, juggling, playing around, uh, that your word would still penetrate our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm a a pretty good driver for the most part. I mean, some of y'all, I would say, are amazing drivers because you've never been in an accident. I've been in a few of them. But when it comes to directions, I have this ability to the most part, after I go somewhere one time, I know how to get there again. Like like, like when I first moved here, it's like, okay, I need to get downtown from being on Mac. Okay, I, I take a right, leaving the church on Mac. I come to the, to the funeral home on my right, church on the left, take a left at that street, go down till I hit this, this big park. I think it's called Belle Isle, get there, don't go in. No, take a right, head all the way till you see those three tall buildings. You know, like like, like I, I I have landmarks in my mind that allow me to know how to follow directions. And so for the most part, when I'm driving somewhere, when I'm going somewhere, I feel pretty cool. But when my GPS don't work, and when I don't know where I'm going the atmosphere of the car starts to change. You know, you, you you lost. And what type of attitude do you have when you lost? What type of things might you slip up and say when you lost? What, what type of patience do you extend? I know my patience gets short. Sure. Why is everybody wanting to talk when I'm trying to read this sign? As if talking affects reading. I don't know. Somehow it it don't match up. But when when I'm lost and I'm disheveled, when I don't feel like I have a clear direction of where I'm headed, I'm a little more sensitive. My patience is a little bit shorter. And I can get frustrated a bit more easily. Family, as, as we've been walking this walk for a little bit and we've been doing life in Christ, Sometimes it can be quite clear that, that the, the more focus you have, the more clarity you have, the easier it is to fight against the enemy, the easier it is for you to be able to move forward, the easier it is for you to be able to grow and as your pastor i believe that 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 your elders and myself and deacons that we we love you all dearly but personally as your pastor i've not laid out some of the clearest way the clearest plan the clearest direction for each of you to be able to grow in christ and today i want to start that process i want to start a process where you have clear direction you have Clear plan, a clear guide for how to grow in Jesus at MacAv for the rest of your time. Amen. Amen. And so on the screen we're gonna have some some scriptures. Starts in Proverbs today. And uh, it's a different version than what you're going to have in the NIV because this version communicates a word again and again that's healthy for us. It's a word that's the word plan, plan, plan. And most of y'all make amazing detailed plans that you execute and they always work perfectly. I know. So you might be like your pastor that isn't inclined to use plans as often. But plans are extremely healthy for us. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3 says, "Commit your work to the Lord." Okay, you got to have the right heart. You are devoting what your goal is to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Proverbs 16:9 says, the heart of a man plans his way. It's okay for you to set up a plan, but then you got to make sure that you're submitting it unto God. But the Lord establishes his steps. You make a plan and then God says, okay, I'm a guy, I am got you. Now let me work with that. Now let me restructure that. Now let me reorder it. Submit it unto me so I can humbly guide you. Proverbs 15:22 says, without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. How many times have you had a good idea up in here, right? It sounds like the perfect thing. And then, I, I did high school, we, we, about, we graduating, everybody's going to the park. Just Friday, uh, my, my, um, my nephew, who I remember going to the hospital when he was born, my nephew went to prom on Friday. Dang, I'm getting old. And uh, and 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 at prom, before you go to prom, everybody goes to the park and takes pictures back in Cleveland, a spot called Edgewater Park. And it brought back a memory for me, a memory where I was going to make a bunch of money at Edgewater Park because everybody's there taking pictures. So we're going to sell some hot dogs at Edgewater Park. Y'all, I go buy hot dogs. I buy ketchup. I got mustard. I got everything. Everything. Then we get to Edgewater Park. And guess what I forgot to bring? The grill. The grill. <laughs> the grill. 200 warm hot dogs in the trunk. Y'all. I'm j- but see, the plan sounded good to me. But I, I never stopped and said, hey, this is what I'm about to do. Is this, is this on point? I'm sure one of my friends would have pointed out, bro, it might be good to have a grill. Y'all, we have been praying. We have been uh, looking over things. We have been doing God's work in his scriptures. And then we began talking to our deacons, talking to our WLC, speaking to different folks and say, hey, we want you to speak into this. And so now we are ready to present you with Uh, the majority of the plan that is complete majority because there is still listening that we want to do and we want to do that at the discipleship retreat that's going to happen and make some space for those who aren't able to attend Um, but please know uh, we've been going about this process with the hope of wise counsel and advisors speaking into this so that our church body will succeed so pastor Slide number two, Charles, what is the aim of the Mac strategic plan? Why are we doing this? What's the focus? Our aim at Macav Church is for you to flourish and rest in God's faithfulness, in your faith, and in community. We want you to be able to rest in God's faithfulness, in your faith, and in community. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. 2 Timothy chapter two thirteen says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. We want you, family, to be able to rest and to flourish in God's faithfulness, understanding that who God is is not dependent upon you. It ain't dependent upon your background. It ain't dependent upon what you're going to do tomorrow. Who God is and his love, his faithfulness enduring for all time is not dependent upon us. And I don't know about you, but that's something I get excited about. That I don't have to wake up in the morning perfect in order for God to be faithful. That I can make some mistakes and this God is still with me. We want you to flourish and to rest in that. But we also want you to have faith. We want you, if, if God's faithfulness does something to you, your faithfulness should be something that is a response unto God. Listen to the end of the book of John. John chapter 20, starting in verse 30. All these different scriptures, he's helping us understand. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. Talking about the Bible, talking about the book of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The goal of all this is that you believe, And act on your belief. That you believe and that that your faith is demonstrated by how you walk and live this life. We're not perfect, but faithful people look a little bit like Jesus. And then lastly, if we say that we want you to flourish and rest in God's faithfulness. Hey, my family at home, see y'all. Um... We want you to rest in your faith. We also want you to do that in community. In community. I know people say it all the time. I don't need to go to church in order to love God. Okay. Okay. But why why would you by step? Why would you go around God's design for you to be loved on and to love others? Tell me what's the better option than the way God designed his church to flourish. Is it essential? Can you be a believer and not go to church? Yes. But why would you want to? What What is the benefit? What do you gain by saying my way is better than God's intended design? If you live in some island somewhere that has no other humans, then Pastor Leon's like you shouldn't go to church. But if you pass by eighteen churches to go to work, and you're saying I don't need the church, we should. I remember, uh, uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit because I remember when when uh, everybody was starting to get cell phones and cell phones was really popping off. And that's when you would buy a cell phone and actually you had problems. Because to be honest, I've had a cell phone for years and I can't remember the last time I just had like a drop call. But there was a time when you had a drop call a lot. So much so that Verizon made a commercial off of it, like do you hear me now can you can you hear me now it was like it was like funny, but it actually related to everything we was going through. folks was tired of dropping calls, and they were letting you know you can find reliability, you can find confidence in what we provide. We get you connected. the body of Christ, this community of believers these People that Jesus has died for want to walk with you and see you grow and get connected in Jesus. Our goal, our aim is to see you receive the faithfulness of God, that it would affect and grow your faith and you do so in community. But notice in that aim two words. One word we don't say that often, and the other word we don't use that often. Hear that? One word we don't say that often with our words, and the other word we don't actually do that often. The first word is flourishing. Flourishing. And let me define flourishing. Flourishing is to thrive in the peace of God. It's for you to to thrive in the peace of God. Numbers 6, verses 24 and 26 say this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. It's the Lord's favor and his gracious hand that covers us. It's the Lord's favor that sets us apart. It's his favor that keeps us close and his favor that provides us peace where everything is in a beautiful harmony. Everything is so stable. It is immovable. Everything is working out for God's good and our good. I got my little kids with me today. They're quiet. I'm wondering if I should just leave them quiet or disrupt them a little bit. Parents, should I help them out? Leave them quiet. Hallelujah. All right. All right. But there's, there's this, this beautiful understanding of why we should be rooted and why we should be flourishing. Now, don't get it twisted. The American-like definition of flourishing means prospering, that you're balling. But we're not talking about that type of flourishing because all of our flourishing is modeled after the, the life and death of Jesus Christ. So flourishing can't mean you got to have a big house, because Jesus didn't have that. Flourishing can't mean that everybody likes you all the time and is always in your corner. Jesus didn't have that. Flourishing can't mean people won't betray you. Jesus didn't have that. So what does flourishing look like? I'm going to give you four understandings of flourishing because we want this to be present in the life of Mac Ave community members. Number one, and just so you know, Next week, we're giving you guys an entire packet, an entire like explanation of all this. So you can take notes because it helps you remember stuff. Beautiful. Or you just soak it in during this time to know that you're going to get more information coming to you. Flourishing. Number one, I flourish when God saves me and makes me a new creation. Flourishing has to start with God doing something to me and in me. I get I, I get transformed. I begin to look different, talk different, speak different. Pastor, you saying that once I get saved, I, gotta, I can't be who I am? No, no, no. I think God uses your beauty. He uses what you love, your artistic expression, your hip-hop connections, your style, the way that you understand culture, the way you move, ebb, and flow. But the rooting of it. It changes from being about you to being about him. So first, I flourish when God saves me and makes me a new creation. Second, I flourish when I worship God. We've been talking about this for a bit and understanding and learning about the, the beauty of what it means to flourish. And Pastor K rightly brought to our attention, it is important for the people of God to realize why we were created. There's no way that you can thrive in God and do well if you are not properly worshiping him. Why? Because it is the reason why we have breath. It is the understanding by which God formed us. Isaiah 43:21 says, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Proclaim my praise. Sing it, man. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. You know? It, it's, it's what we were created to do. It is it is we we had a chance to uh we had a chance to go with the youth group and I gotta post some pictures because the youth group was getting live. We had a chance to go to the youth group uh and, and there was a concert that took place uh, last Thursday, Lecrae. And Talicia uh, was crowd surfing out there doing her thing, you know. Uh, uh, we, we, we was having a good time. But the, the thing I love about, about, like, concerts, and specifically hip-hop concerts, is that there's, like, a chill period where they'll be like, engine, engine, number nine, on the... No-. Like, it's, like, calm, but then it amps up, and everybody just goes crazy. And there were time after time where we did that, and it was just, like... Praise is natural. Celebration is natural. Rejoicing is something natural. For a moment, you get live, you get hype, and you forget where you are. Trust me, you have you, you, it's going to happen where I have my earbuds in, and I don't know none of y'all is in the room. Where, the, where for that moment, you hearing that music takes you to another place. Even though you're on the bus with 20 other people, right now, you are at the concert getting it. How can you escape your presence and be somewhere else, even though physically you are with other people? It's because you were created to worship, and worship transcends all things. Worship will allow you to see beyond the craziness of life. We were made to worship. We flourish flourish when we worship. Number three, we flourish when we consider others. God wants there to be missional posture to our flourishing. We thrive, we do well, we experience the full peace that God has to offer when we're considering others, loving others, serving others. And lastly, we flourish when When I allow God to impact my spiritual, mental, and physical well-being. Where there's holistic transformation that happens, we want to see people thriving in all ways. Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 5 through 8, says these things. And I've cut it short a little bit, but I want you to see the posture that flows. And I'm so thankful that our Elder Johnny had brought this to my attention. It says build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry, increase in number, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Says, hey, Four things he says also in, in these verses basically he say, Hey, I want you to have financial stability, I want you to have family stability, I want you to have community stability, and I want you to have mental stability. Your mentalness, your mental state will break down if you start taking in the lives of everybody else. He says, I want you to build houses. Financial stability is a good thing. I know prosperity teachers have tried to hijack it and tell us, well, if you give $2, the Lord's going to give you back $200. No, God don't work like that. But God does love generous people. And money ain't a thing for God to bless you and care for you and walk with you. And so we do prosper because we serve a great God. I can't dictate and tell you exactly how it's going to come, but I believe he'll care for you. And so God wants us to have Financial, family, communal, and mental health, y'all. We flourish when God saves us and makes us a new creation. We flourish when we worship God. We flourish when we consider others, when we think about mission, and we flourish when we allow God to impact our spiritual, mental, and physical well-being. We don't say that word flourishing very often. Let me say flourishing. We don't say that word very often, but the next word we don't actually do very often. The next word is rest. 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 It sounds even kind of weird slowing up to say the word, doesn't it? Sounds off just to even take time to breathe it in. Rest means to cease activity in order to dwell in the presence of God. See, our rest isn't, isn't leisure. You ever you ever been with somebody and, and y'all we get to vacation a decent amount? But you ever been with somebody that go on vacation and it almost seemed like they take a vacation from their kids? Yeah. yeah. I'm saying that we, we travel with a bunch of folks. You be looking up like your kid on top of a building about to jump like what, what like like you you don't get to check out as a parent ever it's just part it's part you signed up for it sorry you don't get to just not not be and god says wait 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 rest isn't when you like take a break from me rest isn't that you get to check out from being a god's centered person rest isn't oh I get to now have my time no that's not rest rest is pursuing God through calming everything else it doesn't mean you have to be active and go do stuff it doesn't it just means you might sit it might let's listen to what God says rest looks like he says in Matthew 11 he says come to me so there is some activity you are seeking him you are pursuing him but then all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest you've come now pause take up my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for your yoke for my yoke is easy and my burden is light four ways in which we see rest i rest when i experience god's peace I rest when I seek God. I rest when I surrender to God. When God says stop or he says go, I want to allow my life to be uh, led by God. I'm not in control. And if you like me, we have to daily work that muscle to give up control to God. Lastly, I rest when I relax, recover, and regain strength in God. It's okay for you to be replenished. It's okay for you to put the phone on auto, what the thing is, airplane mode. It's okay for people not to be able to reach you. And I've, I've seen, I've seen you all, I've seen family members, I've seen people come back you know, Pastor, I was taking a walk. I was just taking a walk. And God said to me, Huh. Now, God can meet you in that time when you're in the corner praying. You got the right worship music on and all that. But sometimes that's an activity too. Sometimes to make space, to be able to quiet your mind takes a whole bunch of work. And I And I get it. We need to be intentional and do that. But sometimes if you just Take a walk, calm things. God will speak through it. I rest when I experience God's peace, when I seek God, when I surrender to God and when I relax, recover and regain strength in who he is. All right, y'all. We almost there. So, if there's two words that you understand are the foundation by which we're trying to to move our church, it is flourishing and resting. Let me hear you say, flourishing and resting. Amen, amen. So now there are four ways in which we want to see this lived out in our church. There's four ways where it's going to be be. Uh, uh, a part of the process by which each church member grows. I'm going to explain those four ways. Then I want to give you a little bit of a scenario so you can see how it could play out. It's going to be something that's going to be easy to remember. Now, if flourish and rest are kind of the foundational components, these next four, we kind of put together in a, in, a, in a, I've been talking about hip-hop a lot today, in a rhyming fashion so it can stick with you and it could settle in your heart. So, know, grow, and go. Start it over. Sow, know, grow, and go. The first one, sowing. We want to sow seeds of engagement with non-believers so that non-believers are able to experience and hear the beauty of who Jesus is. What do we mean by this? We mean that, that, that the church is a beautiful entity. You all are a beautiful church body, and God is doing an amazing work in here. And if I expect a person who doesn't know God, in order to find Jesus, to have to come through that wall and meet y'all, we're going to have a problem. I'm grateful for the rejoicing that we do. I'm grateful for the encouragement that we do. But I was talking to a sister in our body last week, and she said, Pastor, praying for this family next door. I know we got a discipleship retreat coming up. I took the discipleship retreat, and I gave it to them, and I told them, y'all should come. You know how much that encouraged me? Because this person saw, wait, 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 let me make a space where a person who may not be walking with Jesus cannot feel threatened, cannot feel attacked, can actually feel welcomed and invited in. This is what we call sowing, where where non-believers can come into a place that's a little bit, little bit, okay, what's up with this? If I can be honest, that's what Robin and, and um, Dawn are doing. Y'all, I forgot to say, uh, during Easter... Pastor was going to get some, some little sandwiches and some little Debbie's or something. I don't remember what I was really going to get, y'all. We were going to get something. It was all pre-made, going to be ready. Everybody would have grubbed. It would have been cool. But, but Robin and Don came to me like, Pastor, nah. Nah, them little Debbie's, nah. We need to do some real food, Pastor, some food. And they threw down, and we was all blessed by it. Amen. But then they came to me again and said, Pastor, like, we want to do something for women in the community. We want to be able to care for sisters and for mothers to feel loved on. And, and Dawn made the flyer. And I think this is the first time in, in our church history. And I'm so happy about it. She made the flyer. And the flyer says, um, like, moms, come hang out. Come be loved on. Uh, open mic. Uh, uh, Give away donations, like, of, of goods and stuff. Oh, don't let me forget if you have donations of like clothes for kids or families, please bring them to the church. Our sisters would love it. But but this is the this is the thing that caught me. And on the flyer, it doesn't say our church's name at all. In my earlier days of pastoring, I would have been like, "Wait, wait, wait, what's up?" What what why, why our name ain't on it? What we what we doing here? But see, who we trying to reach? If you're really trying to reach someone that may not like the church, may struggle with the church, may be a little bit hesitant to church, maybe you don't want that to be the first thing that they see. Maybe you want the arms open for them to be welcome to be the first thing that they see. You see that that that's a sowing ministry. That's where you are placing yourself in an environment where others who don't know about Jesus get to know about him. And I'm not saying all of us all at the same time to be, need to be doing that, but what we are saying is that's a healthy part of being a Christian. That you believe that we are to 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 sow in that way. Second part. No. Knowing God deeply, knowing who God is and knowing who you are in God. So so this component of understanding the beauty of what the Bible teaches and who God says he is, not just who I say, who you say, who the the person that we like on on YouTube says. But what is God's word says? We spend time digging deeply in his word, understanding him. And then understanding who we are in Him. It's beautiful when we get to renew our minds as to what God thinks of us. We sometimes need that to fight against what others think of us. Amen? So, no, grow. We grow in Christ's likeness by receiving love, by loving ourselves, and by loving others. This is where the, co- the community of God is now one anothering. It's bearing with one another's burdens. It is showing that, that, that sharpening aspect of God's body where now we get to grow in Christ's likeness and do so personally and corporately. Sowing. We're, we're making space for non-believers, Knowing. We're learning God's word and learning who he is. Growing, we are doing it in family, in community together. And lastly, we are going. We go forth to love people and our community in word and in deed. It's where we are now missionally heading out. Rooted at the heart of these of sow, know, grow go rooted at the heart of these things is you flourishing and resting. Because you might see this kind of diagram and start thinking, uh-oh, I got a wheel to be running on. Here we go. Looks like a hamster wheel to me, Pastor. No, 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 no. Some seasons will be your season of growing. And it's, and it's not going to be necessarily a circle. Sometimes it's going to be like a a a star that's going all around sometimes you're going to be in a season of knowing where you need to learn God's word sometimes you're going to be heading out going to invest in his kingdom sometimes you're going to be growing among his people sometimes you're going to be sowing in non-christian environments hey God's going to work all in and through that thing but the hope is that with all of that you will be flourishing and resting let me give y'all an example and some of this we've been starting to see. And, and, and that hope of so, know, grow, go is for people, if you're new, like, like, like the nine people that have been in our new members class, like praise the Lord. Or if you've been here for, for 18 years, that's longer than I've been here. Hallelujah. Uh, it doesn't matter. We want this to be the, the heartbeat of everyone. Let me, let me give just a, a short example of what this could look like in the, in the rhythm of Maccalf. Rico and Donna are a MacAff couple who've been coasting spiritually for some time. They've just been in this, this kind of hovering place in their faith. Donna sees MacLit as a place for personal ministry. She begins to intentionally have some one-on-one with a woman named Trina because she is tutoring Trina's son. Donna and Trina begin to build a friendship Because they were praying for Trina's son. And out of that prayer time developed a relationship, friendship, and they began to blossom into something more. Donna is married to Rico. And uh, Donna and Rico began to pray together uh, for Trina and pray for her son. Donna begins to walk alongside Trina, and Trina begins to to start having a little bit of a hunger for God's word, um, but she was a bit hesitant because she was hurt by the church in her past. Trina begins to open up, and she begins to start coming to services occasionally. She's shocked by some of what she sees at the church because it's very different than what she expected. She begins to start using some of the tools that were given to her in her MacLid experience and begins to start praying and reading the Bible, the Bible stories with her son. Donna and Trina continue to regularly connect, though, about Trina's pain. And Trina finally feels like after some time, she's got a friend that doesn't just want to save her, but actually love her. But Trina starts to develop relationships with more than just Donna. She begins to start developing relationships with other women that Donna would invite over and invite Trina to be a part of these lunches, prayer times, women times. And before you know it, Trina's starting to develop friends at Mac. But watching Trina start growing spiritually actually begins to start convicting Rico and Donna, this couple who were at this somewhat of a stagnant place in their faith. As they love on her, they begin to be encouraged in their faith. And Rico starts getting more involved in things. He starts joining with Max Sports and before you know it, he begins to start serving as a deacon. Over time, Trina and her son began to become faithful members of Macav and consistently start bringing their family and their friends. Y'all might say, Pastor, that's too much of a perfect story. But actually, it, it's a it's a piece of many stories of the people in this room. And our goal, our hope is that we can provide environments, we can provide spaces where that type of cycle of growth happens. Maybe it doesn't happen right away, but through sowing, somebody feels welcomed. Maybe after they feel welcomed, they start saying, well, dang, you done welcomed me in, and I see some health in your life. I see that you pray. I see that you read. Maybe I'll start doing a little reading and praying, too. Maybe they begin to start knowing who this God is and understanding what he's about. And then they start doing it with other believers, start growing, start realizing, oh, no, it's just not a one-off thing. It's not just a, a, a him thing or a her thing. This is a community thing. I too can experience this joy that Jesus has for me. And then they head out to care for others family, what's most important is that you thrive. What's most important is that you rest in God. Every church has a plan for how they believe you can go about doing that. This is the foundation for MacAv's plan, that you would sow, that you would know who God is, that you would grow in Christ-like character, and that you would go and care for the lost, and for your sisters and brothers in Christ. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for this strategy, for this plan. Because, Lord, you care about this body. You care about each person here. You care about them growing. What I pray, Lord, is that our, our youth will be able to say as a new person comes in, yeah, man, we we just trying to sow know, grow, and go, and that our our seniors would say, we're trying to sow, know, grow, and go, and our kids, like each person would be able to to say that, understand it, and then, Lord, be able to have you convict us, convict us with our preference. Some of us are going to prefer knowing. We love reading and studying your word and are terrified of going. Some of us, Lord, would love to be out in the street going, but we're not disciplined enough to sit down and read your word. God, would you have your way that you would allow us to flourish so that none of these things fall short, Lord, but you would grow us in all of these areas so we could reflect you and dwell in your presence and truly provide the rest that you desire for us to have. Lord, it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. All the saints together said, Amen. Amen. Church family, whoo! All right, this is the beginning. You know, plans ain't, ain't all. We, we, we are excited to roll this out, and uh, we have multiple phases that we are going to bless you. Um, next, we want to bless you by taking communion. So, as we're going to have a song in a minute, we're going to have a song lead us out today. I uh, want you to get communion, which is by your knees. Or um, on your, I got you. We're going to take communion together. Communion is this, this beautiful act of worship. I love that Jesus tells us to do this, uh, to remember him often. Why? Because just as you sing a song or you pray a prayer, like you can enter into God's presence and delight in who he is. We can be reminded of our victory in him. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded daily that I'm victorious in Christ. And so this body that God has set aside for us to partake in, is something we do as worshipers, as believers, as those who love...